0: you are listening to IWG Radio, the place to be for all of your wellness needs. We just want to take a moment to thank you so much for listening and just let you know that any of the information that is provided is strictly for an educational resource and is not intended to diagnose or treat any conditions. The lifestyle interventions discussed should not be used as a substitute for any type of conventional medical therapy. Hello and welcome back to Wellness Radio. I'm Jess Hickman, practitioner assistant, and I'm here with Dr. Nick Carruthers. We're going to be chatting about anxiety and depression today.
1: This is a big problem, Jess, and it's, it's really getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and I feel like people are really losing faith in, in what to do about this.
0: Absolutely. Um, it's definitely an epidemic. It seems like everyone is on some type of medication for anxiety or depression. Um, you know, why do you think this is such a problem now uh, and seemingly not so much in the past?
1: I would say you know, it, it goes back to some of our previous podcasts. It, it goes back to stress. Um, we are under more stress than we've ever been and we're not taking care of that stress. Um, We're not taking care of our emotional stress. We're not taking care of our chemical stress. Um, We're not really taking care of our physical stress, Um, and all of this plays a lot, a lot on brain health. Um, The health of our brain dictates the quality of our emotional health. Uh, Without with an unhealthy brain, we we can't have quality thoughts, and we can't have quality emotions, um, which leads to being anxious and being depressed.
0: So I think when I think of anxiety and depression, I think of more of the emotional component. Can you talk a little bit more about the chemical, electrical, actual physical uh, imbalances that result in these conditions?
1: For sure. Um, The electrical imbalance is probably my bread and butter and my favorite thing to talk about. Um, Because you can literally look at somebody's electrical, um, what you could call components, how their brain's actually firing, um, to look at a map of that. and pretty closely depict does somebody have anxiety, does somebody have depression, are they OCD? You can look at how somebody's brain is literally wired and to be able to figure out literally their symptoms without ever talking to them, which is amazing um, and which is why I love it because once you actually correct those things, you can really, quote unquote, fix somebody's anxiety, depression, OCD, um, etc. Um, so, the electrical imbalance is huge, and with anxiety, um, anxiety you think of it uh, as like really, really intense. Really, like when you think of somebody that has anxiety, they're always like on edge, really like snappy, um, and that's what the brain's doing. Uh, with anxiety, you have these what's called uh, fast brain waves, beta waves, um, and what happens is the right side of your brain is really firing high with those fast uh, beta brainwaves. Um, and at the same time, the activity on the left side decreases um, and isn't, isn't firing that much. So when you look at that brain map, it can be like, oh, that person has anxiety. And when you look at the opposite of it, uh, with depression, um, a lot of times anxiety and depression uh, go back and forth for a little bit uh, because what happens is as your brain is using all that energy um, from being anxious, it fatigues and then it actually counterbalances itself. So the right hemisphere, the right side of your brain starts decreasing in energy and that left side of the brain starts increasing energy. And as the right brain was using those short fast waves, the left side of the brain increases With those long, slow waves, uh, which is more like delta. And when you think of delta, we want delta um, for like when we sleep. When you go into a deep sleep, your body goes and really utilizes those slow brain waves to calm itself down. But when you're not sleeping and those same brain waves are really high, that calm is called depression. Um, So when you look electrically at the brain, that's really how uh, it fires, you know, short, fast anxiety, long, slow depression. Um, and we really want that healthy balance in between so we're not too far out of the spectrum so that we can just live a, a highly quality life.
0: How, in, the, in turn, we've talked about emotions, we've talked about electrical, how does the, the chemical kind of imbalance play a role?
1: The chemical imbalance is, is interesting because if you look at the brain, there's always an electrical component before a chemical component. Um, what that means is. For In order for a cell to be able to produce a chemical, it has to be told what to do, and that information is electrical. So anytime there is actually a chemical imbalance, there's really an imbalance uh, electrically as well. So sometimes just fixing somebody's brain electrically can actually help correct a lot of the chemical imbalances. Um, but we also know a lot of what the brain utilizes um, as far as chemistry, you know, like serotonin for instance, most of this serotonin made that the brain uses isn't in the brain, it's actually in the stomach. Uh, And this is what people really talk about for the gut-brain access, um, that a lot of the health of your brain is actually dependent on the health of your gut. Um, So if we have, you know, inflammatory bowel disease and SIBO and a lot of other issues with our gastrointestinal system, that's going to put just a lot of distress uh, onto our brain, for instance, um, and then you look at just the health of the brain, you know, your pituitary gland makes uh, chemical hormones and um, if that's stressed, um, that's going to, to lead to extra stress in different areas of the brain um, that can also create electrical imbalances. Uh, so when you're looking at anxiety and depression, um, you need to look at a lot of different actually point of views to be able to get quality information so you can actually help somebody out. Um, Just looking at anxiety and depression, saying you have an emotional problem. Well, yeah, you're going to have an emotional problem if the brain isn't actually healthy. Um, That's a no-brainer. No pun intended. Um,
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Bad doctor joke. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I definitely agree with everything you're saying, and I think a lot of people come to us, you know, taking medication or contemplating taking medication and not really wanting to. Um, It seems like half the people we know today are on Lexapro, Prozac, Paxil, Zoloft, um, Xanax, Klonopin, um, and while those medicines... And the list goes on. And the list goes on. And while while these medicines do um, maybe provide uh, an instant reduction or a limited reduction in um, the symptoms that are very uncomfortable, in the long run, um, you know, Xanax or benzodiazepines they reduce the activity of the nerves in your brain and spinal cord so obviously that can't be good uh, in the long run uh, that your body will function Um, and then with the SSRIs you know the laundry list of side effects it's like nausea dry mouth insomnia um, you know weight gain weight loss Um, just Just
1: think of one of those commercials when it goes on for about (laughs) 90 seconds on all the side effects and and suicide.
0: It's really, it's, it's scary, um, and I think a lot of people come to IWG because they're looking for an alternative to that, uh, not wanting to kind of face those side effects ultimately. So what are some of the ways that we can achieve the same results, if not better, hopefully, um, of those types of medications?
1: Well, interestingly enough, you know, really it's been proven that the all the SSRIs out there, they really work by decreasing inflammation. Um, and when you look at that aspect of inflammation there, there are a million other ways to decrease inflammation that's without side effects. Um, so now I'm not saying meds aren't necessary sometimes, but if you don't have to use meds or you can get the body and the brain functioning actually to a point where you don't need the meds, it's going to be healthier for the body uh, long-term. And some of those things is, Guess what, exercise, movement. Um, Exercise has really been proven to also be, literally out outproduce all SSRIs as well. Um, And when you look at what exercise does, when the exercise they're actually reviewing here is walking and cardio, running. Um, It's because those things help the lymphatic system. They increase blood flow. As blood flow goes throughout the body, you get more oxygen to all your cells. You get more nutrients to all your cells. Um, you allow the body to detox uh, on a cellular level a lot better, um, so that the body can just work more efficiently. Um, so I mean, exercise itself is amazing, but guess what? If I'm depressed, I'm not gonna want to get out and go for a run. Absolutely. So. You have to meet people where they're at and you can't just push things on them and expect them to do something that's really, you know, not gonna happen. Uh, so sometimes with that, you know, we talked about decreasing the inflammation. There's a lot of things you can do to help decrease the inflammation. That's literally setting somebody's brain on fire. So you can, if they're depressed, guess what? They're gonna sit and they're gonna mope around a little bit, but have them sit in the infrared sauna a little bit and allow their brain and their body to start detoxing. You know, allow them to sit and do an ionic foot bath that's helps them going to draw out some of those heavy metals, um, pesticides, and toxins out of their, their body um, to decrease that inflammational stress. And get them on some proper nutrition to the point where you can actually get them to want to go outside and exercise. Um, get them actually out breathing in some fresh quality air and moving, having the sun uh, hit the eyes and activate all those receptor sites instead of the fluorescent lights that we're living in mm-hmm. um, and then you can even get to my favorite thing is literally like rewiring the brain through neurofeedback.
0: When you talk about rewiring the brain are you talking about electrically rewiring or emotionally?
1: Well literally with electrical rewiring you want to rewire the brain in all possibilities so you want to rewire the brain electrically with how we do it with neurofeedback it's amazing and I'm honestly astonished by it because initially I thought if you have an emotional problem you need to do some deep work to correct that emotional problems Mm -hmm. but I was actually wrong Uh, what I've been finding through results is if if you can correct somebody's just electrical activity in the brain and help their brain function better a lot of their emotional problems go away which astonished me and still astonishes me today Um, And through neurofeedback, as we were talking about anxiety and depression, how we were saying anxiety is these short, fast, beta waves that are ramped way up. Well, we actually train the brain to decrease this. And the same thing with depression. You know, on that left hemisphere, when it's ramped up with the slow brain waves, we train the brain to decrease this back into a healthy balance. Um, So you're not actually going out and having the symptoms of anxiety and depression. And now we want to rewire our emotions. Um, What's cool about when we are looking at electrical activity um, and we say that there's always an electrical component before a chemical component, well, when you're looking at emotions, there's always an emotional component before a thought. And this is crazy because when you think of, and it's been proven, emotions happen on average six to seven seconds before we actually have a thought about it so it's really not the quality of our thoughts that determine our life it's the quality of our emotions that are actually controlling our life and when you look at it this deep of a thing we need to put a lot of energy into having what is trending now is emotional intelligence we we need to be intelligent on balancing our emotions And you can only do that through having a strong foundation of who we are and who you are as a human being and the foundation of these things are our values Um, so to have a strong emotional intelligence you really need to be clear on what your highest values are in your life what you value your life to be once you're really clear on your values there's really two next steps that you want to do you want to figure out your purpose and from your purpose really helps you get clarity figure out what your mission is in life. Um, I'm also a huge, huge, huge advocate of goals. Um, but the thing I don't like about goals is that once we achieve a goal, it's kind of like it's success and it's done with. Um, what I love about a mission is that it's always, it's what goals are for. It's goals are always driving us on our mission, but our mission is never fulfilled because Our mission is our purpose in life. Our purpose is to go through and serve our mission. I don't know if that makes sense 100%, um, but we'll give you some links at the end uh, that can help you figure out your values, your purpose, uh, and your mission uh, for sure. But once you have those three things and you're really clear on them, uh, then you can use this information to go through things that are causing you this emotional baggage, this emotional stress, uh, and then start bringing those perceptions and balance. Uh, So really an emotion is a perception that's not being balanced. Uh, When I say balance, I really just mean it's something that you don't love, uh, it's something that you're not grateful for, uh, it's living out of grace. When you look at emotions and where they derive from in the brain, it comes from a center called our limbic system. And our limbic system is a bunch of different areas that actually create our emotions, um, and in that, this is this is kind of dumbed down, so it's not 100% scientific correct. But bear with me. Uh, when you in that, there's things called mirror neurons, and mirror neurons also combined with what we call the reflective part of our consciousness is when we perceive reality, when we perceive our world and what's happening to us. There's an aspect of that that goes through our re- reflective consciousness. Uh, and with that, if there's something that we're judging or if there's something that creates an, uh, an emotional stimulus, uh, we know through that reflective part of ourselves that we're really perceiving an aspect of us, ourself, that we're not happy with. So when we get angry at something, it it's, could be, and it is, it's both things. There's a problem in our external world, but there's also a problem in our internal world Um, that we haven't really balanced out. What we do here um, is we take people through the method called the Demartini method that helps people see the full picture. It helps people see the balance uh, so that that emotion isn't driving them and isn't creating their thoughts. That's scary when your emotional creates a thought and your thought creates an action and your action goes down to the process that gives you outcomes, what gives you your quality of life. So we need to reverse engineer this so that we're starting really with the foundation of our emotional health balancing out the major imbalances that we're perceiving in life as well as going from the opposite side and decreasing the stress through inflammation and rewiring the brain, the electrical activities to be able to put the whole package together to, yeah, not have anxiety and depression, but more importantly to live your life. And to serve yourself and to serve humanity. So I might get a little passionate there at the end. Um, but it's it's really unpassionate because anxiety and depression aren't the problem and it's not something to fight to try to resolve. Anxiety and depression are symptoms. They're a feedback mechanism to know that, that we're not living our best life. Um, we're not living our healthiest life, we're not living a life that's serving us, and we're not living a life that's giving service to humanity. So yeah, I get a little passionate about about that because really I think why I'm here and you know you're a big part of this Jess Mm -hmm. is to help somebody literally live their life
0: so obviously we were very passionate about what we're talking about today if there are three things that somebody can go out and do you know in the next few days to kind of make the changes that might allow them to be free of anxiety and depression what would those things be?
1: That's easy and tough um, because literally, when people come in with anxiety and depression, they're all at a different stage. Um, some people have more of just that foundationally emotional problems, and once you you know you, you tackle that elephant, everything else heals mm-hmm. itself. Other times, you know, the the stress has gone on so far that you really need to work on actually rewiring that electrical activity of the brain. And once you do that, honestly, the emotional problem really wasn't that big of an emotional problem. Um, But I would say the overall best thing that you can do to serve yourself is to know yourself. Um, And that's going through and figuring out what your highest values are. And this is hard to say again because, you know, it's just like exercise, like walking. Like, if you're depressed, you're not going to take the time to put in to self-development. Like, that's just not reality. Um, So it's, it's really hard to say... You know what the top three things are I would say the most realistic for just anybody out there is to decrease stress uh, decrease the inflammatory stress things so eating healthier um, not using toxic personal products and things that are going to create more stress and inflammation in the brain um, and then just start eating high-quality um, foods that can give your your brain energy uh, decrease stop I'd say the best things are to stop doing things that's causing, so, Mm -hmm. you know, stop eating sugar, which is a huge inflammatory thing. Don't eat dairy. Dairy is a huge inflammatory process to the brain and the nervous system. And then the third one is gluten. Gluten highly creates, it doesn't matter if you're celiac, if you have any reactions, no reactions, all gluten creates inflammation in the brain. So by stopping dairy, gluten, and sugar in your diet, that's that's going to to help allow the brain to not be so anxious and depressed all at the same time. So there's my top three.
0: Well, I definitely, um, for me, my top three, would definitely the nutrition, I think that makes a huge difference, so I absolutely agree with all of Dr. Nick's recommendations. And also the exercise, just getting outside and taking a walk, Uh, it doesn't have to be a run, you don't have to run a marathon, but just being out in nature, um, I think that's a game changer. And then definitely getting on to um, the Demartini website, like Dr. Nick was chatting about, and kind of identifying what your highest values are. Like he said, um, knowing your purpose in life, your mission, it's just, it changes everything. And it really allows you to live the life that you're meant to live. So that um, Demartini method, uh, values identification, takes probably less than 10 minutes. And then you'll kind of have a roadmap as to what direction you want to, to be living in.
1: Thanks for joining us again with this conversation on anxiety and depression. As always, if you want more information, go to www.integrativewellnessgroup.com, and we'll see you next time.